0: Water changes everything one life at a time. Praise the Lord. Uh, That is not just a little thing that we say. Uh, We want the Word of God at North Lake to be in our hearts, not just in our minds, not just a Sunday morning thing. We want it to be a lifestyle thing. It is about being a disciple and a follower of Jesus. And then that purpose statement that we do, convinced at North Lake... We don't just kind of like Jesus. We are convinced He has changed us. He is the answer for the world today. He is the living water. Amen? Amen. Well, today I want to talk to you about the sixth reason why people don't do church. The sixth reason why people don't do church. I disagree on political issues. You say, now, how in the world, Pastor Brian, are you going to deal with this topic? Well, we're going to deal with it biblically, we're going to deal with it head-on, and we are not going to apologize for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's how I tell you that we will address it. And so uh, we, let's just uh, quickly review seven reasons. These aren't the only reasons, but ones that we have talked about. Church makes me nervous. We talked about if that's the case, we need to be out in our community a lot more showing them the love of Jesus Christ so that when they come in, they already have a sense that they know at least who you are. And so, do you know 80% of all people that ever walk into a church come because they are personally invited by another? That means if you and I aren't inviting our friends and asking them to come, the kingdom of God will not grow. Okay? So that's a fact. So we have to make sure that we are inviting, which means we need to be out in the world. This is why we, again, have said on Sunday nights, get out into the coffee shops. Get out into our community. Show people tangibly the love of Christ. It's one of the reasons why we're going into the cemetery. It's not just about saying we're believers. It's following him with a lifestyle. Amen? Number two, we talked about football. And we talked about that's a reality. But you know what? Sometimes church is so boring and it ought not be that people would be better off at watching football. Unless the Spirit of God is moving, why would people come? So we need to make sure that we are full of the joy of the Lord, that we have the joy of Jesus on our lives. That does not mean you're not going through a trial. It means in spite of the trial, there's victory. Amen? Amen. So uh, then we talked about love sleeping in. It's my only day to sleep in. We talked about that. We talked about the fact that, again, imagine... God moving in your life so much that someone says, I don't care, I've got to find out what God is doing. I'm getting up. Amen? You know, this idea of living our Christian life in a bubble is over. Let the love of God spill out of you. Let the joy of the Lord spill out of you. That's not politically correct, but it is biblically correct. Number four, the church is full of hypocrites. It's not real. Well, we addressed that, and we talked about how we need to be real, and we need to be authentic, but that, you know what? All of us truly come with problems. Thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Then number five, I'm scared. We talked about that last week. We talked about one of the greatest acceptances you'll ever find is from a mother But God's acceptance goes beyond a mom. God's acceptance goes far beyond a mom's ability to love you. And if we are loving people like Jesus says we should, they will feel the acceptance of the Lord. Now, feeling the acceptance of the Lord does not mean winking at sin. Hear me? It doesn't mean we all candy coat. It doesn't mean we say, well, I know you're playing in the street and you're going to get run over, but I'll hope someone will come and tell you. That doesn't sound like love to me. Okay? So it doesn't mean winking at sin. It means, though, being loving and accepting them. Number six, I disagree on political issues. Well, can I start by saying, before we turn to the Scripture, and I do have Scripture that we will turn to, that, first of all, it is not the church so much in God and politics that bother me. It's God and, I'm sorry, it's not the church so much being involved in government and politics that bother me. It is the government and politics that have crept into the church that bother me greatly. May I tell you, in spite of what you are hearing as politically correct, the Constitution never anywhere says there is a separation between church and state. What it says is the government shall not establish a church. The reason is they did not want the government in the church, not that they didn't want the church in government. Do you hear me? We have been duped in our country, and it is time for us to find our voice as the body of Christ, and say, we are going to stand for Jesus. This idea, somehow, that we have to be a meanly mouthed silent and suffer. If we are going to suffer, I say we suffer, saying, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. So... I, I just tell you right now, the things that you are going to hear from this platform this morning are not going to be politically correct. <laughs> In fact, I am anti-politically correct. <laughs> but I will tell you, I w- want to be absolutely biblically correct and full of the Spirit of God, and the love of God. It is a tragedy when I see believers holding a sign that says God hates a particular person. It's wrong. It's not biblical. Does God want them out of their sin? Absolutely. Does God hate the sin that's destroying them? Absolutely. But God loves them so much he sent Jesus Christ to die for them. How how awkward. How absolutely totally missing Christianity and the love of Jesus to hold a sign that God hates anybody. That is not the heart of God. So how are we going to find our way through this topic when people say, I don't agree with political issues? Well, first of all, let me say that here at Northlake, and it should be in the kingdom of God, that it doesn't matter whom you affiliate. It doesn't matter what party you're with. I don't care. But if you are talking about integrity, if you are talking about what makes character of a man and a woman, I will tell you the church better be standing with the Lord. The church better be standing with men and women who will be people of integrity. Amen? So let's look at what 2 Timothy then has to say. 2 Timothy Chapter, or, uh, chapter 1, starting at verse number 7. For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us, and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which is granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity, but now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel, for which I am appointed a preacher and an apostle, a teacher. For this reason I also suffer these things, but I am not ashamed, for I know whom I've believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. Retain the standard of sound words which have you've heard from me in the faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us the treasure which has been entrusted to you. There has never been a moment in history that is greater in the church in America than to guard that which has been entrusted to us. It is time that we guard it. It is time that the church finds its voice again. It is time that we say, we are going to ask for biblical morality in those who control our government or we will vote them out. Now, that's not politically correct, but it is biblically correct. The Bible says when the righteous are in rule, the nations rejoice. But when the wicked rule, the nation groans. Let me ask you what you think our nation is doing. Our nation needs to turn to God. It is the only answer. It isn't going to be a political party. It doesn't matter which party is in control. We need godly people who will stand and have a moral compass again to lead us and guide us in truth. So the first thing I want to talk about is faith. Then I want to talk about truth. And I want to talk about standards. The first thing I'm going to talk about is faith. I don't know if you saw the headline just came out literally this morning. man by the name of Craig Olson. He's a second star general, a major general in the U.S. Air Force. They are seriously considering court-martialing him for him saying, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. It's time for the church to find its voice. It's time for us to say, I will identify myself as a believer and not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise God for this man who is standing and who has not apologized for what he has said. The other thing that disturbed them so much is that he said in his serving of his country, flying and going on the missions, that he knows it was not his own strength that helped him, but it was God. (laughs) Hallelujah! Praise God! Lord, give us men and women who will stand and say, it is the Lord who helps me. Amen? I tell you they are trying to in, in absolutely assassinate our Christian faith in America it is not just that they are assassinating faith because really they don't mind that you talk about faith in any form as long as you don't mention Jesus Christ and yet Paul Speaking to Timothy here says, Do not be ashamed of me, of the testimony. It's not just our testimony. It's because of that it's the Lord's. That's what's making it important. Our testimony is not our own. Our testimony is what he has done. Our testimony is because of his power. Our testimony is because of his power. Great love for us. So it's time for us. It's time for us to say that we will not be ashamed. It is amazing to me, and, and Britt Hume, if you follow him, he's, just, he's a reporter, but he even mentions, it's peculiar to him that you can mention anything you want about any other religion and everybody's cool. But you mention the name of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, and all hell breaks loose. Well, I tell you, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And it's time for us to stand and say, it doesn't matter, I am going to serve the Lord. So, if having faith in Jesus Christ is politically incorrect then we are going to continue remaining politically incorrect. (laughs) Because this church building and you the church can list no other name because there is no other name given under heaven by which men must be saved than Jesus Christ. Acts 4.12 declares it. So let's talk about truth. Truth has become so skewed. Verse 9 says that he has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Somewhere or another, We have bought into this idea that truth is somehow awkward and offends people. As I told you, yes, if we speak the truth without love, we've missed God. But if we watch as people are perishing and we say nothing, for you to call that love is absolutely ludicrous. It is not love to watch people by the groves running into danger and sit and say nothing. The truth which is its basis on it never going away. You realize that? When you speak the truth, it brings peace because you never have to worry about anything else. You don't have to sit and worry about the lie you told yesterday and the one you're going to have to tell today to cover the one yesterday and the one yesterday after that that you told about that. You look and you see it happening, not just in our government, in our businesses, in our community. When truth is lost, there's chaos. I loved having a conversation with a young 20-year-old who really was arguing with me how he didn't believe in absolutes. There are no absolutes. It's truth for you is what he told me. You know, I, that's fine. Jesus is good for you, but, but it's not truth. It's, it's your truth. And so I, I said to him, well, wh- what, what do you believe is truth? Well, truth is whatever you make it. I scratched my head. I said, okay. I I, I literally did this. I said, okay, before we go, give me your wallet. And he he looked at me kind of shocked. I said, well, give me your wallet. He said, I'm not going to do that. I said, well, that's my truth. I said, give me your wallet because my truth says I need it. And I can take it from you, so I'm taking it. And I looked at him and I said, do you realize the principle you're standing on doesn't work? It doesn't, it's fine as long as it's all about you. But immediately when someone else wants to tell you what their truth is, it doesn't work. Why is that? Because there are absolutes. There is truth. The world may tell you there's no absolutes. I tell you there is. And the truth is the truth. And God has asked us to be living a life holy. And there's something that happened. When we gave away holiness, when we considered it wasn't worthwhile, truth went right out the window. No longer, we we have this idea that, that really speaking the truth is this naughty thing. Really, truly, Isaiah 5.20 is happening in our world right now. Those are calling good evil and evil good. And it also goes on to say they're portraying sweet is bitter and bitter is sweet. Isaiah 5.20, look at it, read it. That is exactly what's happening. I am not here to tell you who or how to vote. That is not my purpose this morning. The church's purpose has never been to be political. But it has been to be biblical. And the church must remain biblical. If there's to be any hope, For the church and the world, we must stand on the solid foundation of God's word and the truth of Jesus Christ. We cannot let it go. We have to hold on to it and guard it with tenacity. I love a picture, and I haven't, maybe I'll post it on my Facebook. It's a picture of a bulldog hanging on to the end of a rope, being swung around, and it talks about tenacity. There are some times that we have bought into the lie that silence is golden. Silence is not golden anymore. It's just plain yellow. It's just plain coward. We cannot remain silent anymore and let our brothers and sisters around the world being persecuted to death and say nothing we cannot sit silent anymore we must find our voice in the power of the spirit by the authority of Jesus who lives in us and say we will be identified as a follower of Jesus Christ It is time for us to stand on the truth. And yes, John 14, 6. You can write that down and look at it. Turn there now if you'd like, but write it down. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father except through me. Now, you call it narrow-minded if you'd like. You call it whatever you want. God made it clear there's one way to God. It isn't a bunch. It's through His Son, Jesus Christ. Truth must be established. In fact, uh, I'm going to have you turn. I'm going to turn there. Proverbs twelve nineteen. proverbs 12:19 truthful lips will be established forever but a lying tongue is only for a moment may i tell you in the last years and years of our political climate in our nation, we have had lots of moments and very few truths and principles being established. We've had lots of lying tongues that have lasted a second, a day or two, only be revealed that they were not telling the truth at all. It is time for us to stand on the truth you say, is this important? Yes, it is. Because in uh, this whole idea, again, in, in, the, in the 60s is where kind of it started. You know, we're going to take the prayer out of schools. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And, and pretty soon, you know, uh, the, last, the last big thing was the, the, uh, the moral majority. And, boy, the, the media ridiculed that to death. The media grabbed a hold of that, ran it into the ground. Well, I say it's time for the moral majority again to say enough. And may I tell you that if you are not involved in our privilege to be a part of voting on our officers wherever they are, local, state, or national, you need to. It is your responsibility. You ought to be informed. Now, I'm not going to tell you what political party. It doesn't matter to me. In fact, I will tell you there's enough corruption on every side to be very skeptical of all of them. What you need to look for is truth. People who will stand on the truth people and men and women who will be people of integrity. And I will tell you without hesitation, when you go to cast your privilege to vote, you ought to be looking at morals. You ought to be looking at truth. You ought to be looking at those who believe there are principles worth standing on. And if we don't, then we get What's happening? Truth has to be established. All right, let's move on. Going back to the text. 11 says For which I was appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher. For this reason I also suffer these things, but I am not ashamed, for I know whom I've believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard. what I've entrusted to him until that day. I don't know what may happen. I pray for our country. But I will tell you right now, I am willing to be persecuted and even jailed for my testimony of Jesus Christ. I will not be silenced anymore. I will not apologize for being a follower of Jesus Christ. Then it says retain the standard of sound words. I don't know how this word ever got to be such a bad evil thing that there be standards. Imagine that. Imagine that we would be so crazy to think that there ought to be a standard Do you realize if there is no standard that anybody can do whatever they want to us? And this is the issue. If there is no standard, if there is no absolute, the Bible talks about where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. In the King James it says where there's no vision, the people perish. But do you know what gives us revelation, which is what the the New American Standard says, when there's no revelation, where does revelation come? From the Word of God. When there is no revelation from the Word of God, people cast off restraint. Well, may I tell you, we have a lot of people running around with a lot of unrestraint. In every area of life, and somehow they have they have made us believe that standards are a bad thing. That having a moral standard is you, you are just old fashioned and you ought to go somewhere else. I guess I'm getting old, I'm old fashioned. I guess that what my, no, the standard has always been what it has always been. And I will tell you that you can watch history. Nations that get rid of their faith, nations that get rid of truth, nations that get rid of standards do not stand. They end up falling. They implode. Why? Because there's no restraint. People cast off restraint. They cast it off. Those who are wanting, by the way, Proverbs twenty-nine, eighteen, is that Scripture verse that says where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. And you look at it, I'm not, I'm not trying to To manipulate words there, you look at that word, it literally means the revelation of the word of God. When there is no revelation of the word and the spirit of God, people perish. They they cast off restraint. There's no restraint when there is no uh, ability for there to be a standard. Now, let's go to that standard. Turn with me in your Bible. I'm about done, but turn with me in your Bible. Psalm 19, I want to read it because we need to know what the standard is. Proverbs 19, verse number 7. Oh, Psalms. No, I'm sorry. I'm I'm looking at Psalm and I'm saying Proverbs. Verse number 7, chapter 19. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. Hallelujah, that is the standard. And they may continue to say to us, conform, 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 conform. But I will give them one word. Transform! Hallelujah! Be transformed by the power and the spirit of the living God. That is the answer. Not being conformed, but being transformed by a God who really will save you, who will fill you with his Holy Spirit. Bow your head with me this morning.